0: This is Pastor Matt Brown. He comes from Sandals Church in Los Angeles, California. But before we get into any of that, um, I'm a Christian 43 years when I was a teenager, didn't come from a Christian home. But in all my years, I've seen many people healed. But I have never met anyone or seen anyone where something more happened. Because sometimes God raises the dead. Mm.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: you Anyone else say amen? amen? Maybe like me, you're a little bit cynical, not cynical, skeptical, but God did something wonderful through our brother Matt Brown. So Matt, tell us what happened. Yeah, so our church uh, uh, in Southern California, we partner with a medical mission trip called the Goods American Ministry. So it's a collection of 200 doctors, surgeons, anesthesiologists, nurses. And what we do is we go into countries that don't have health care and we perform surgeries. Uh, many of the surgeries are just cleft palate surgeries, but sometimes it's goiter surgery, tumor surgery, uh, open-heart surgery. We do all of that. Uh, when I say we, I don't mean me. You don't want me to do an operation on um, you. But my role is the chaplain. So sometimes, you know, we, we, can't, we can't fix somebody. People need prayer. You know, it's, there's nothing the surgeon can do. And so that's my role. But Tammy and I were out in the field and we, we got news that uh, we had performed a, a cleft palate surgery on an 18 month old boy and it didn't go well. And they, they needed me to come uh, to the hospital to pray and what they didn't tell me was he had passed. And so what happened is uh, Dr. Harvesty, our visiting surgeon, had made a mistake. Anybody ever made a mistake? Mm-hmm. He grabbed the wrong size airway tube and when they put him under for anesthesia, he grabbed an adult size airway tube And when they put that in the little boy's uh, lungs, when they took it out, it spasmed and closed shut. And there's nothing that they can do for you when that happens because they can't get any oxygen inside of you. So when I showed up, the boy had not been breathing for eight hours. And it was pandemonium. Uh, We were in Northern Vietnam, a communist country. Uh, Most of the doctors were were concerned we were gonna go to jail. Because in in communism, uh, did I say China? Vietnam. uh, It's all about blame. And so there was a lot of arguing, a lot of screaming. One doctor from Texas was screaming, the boy's dead. It's over. Let's go home. And Dr. Viendone, the chief medical um, officer of the mission, said, we will not call him dead until Pastor Matt prays over him. And let me tell you, I was scared to death. (laughs) I wish I could tell you I had faith. I wish I could tell you I believed. But I prayed over this little boy. And in, in, in Vietnam, when, you know, when we have surgery in the West, we're all covered up. Who's completely naked, laying on the table, blue. And I prayed over this little boy. And I've never been more afraid to pray or to say amen in my life. But here's what I, here's what I remember praying. Jesus, we did this. We meant to heal, but we hurt him. Would you help us? And bring him back in Jesus' name. And I said amen. And the boy woke. Amen. Yes. And I don't mean mean later. When you read my book, there's some humorous things about it. But uh, I mean instantaneously. The doctors, the nurses, the anesthesiologists. The doctor that performed the surgery, Dr. Harvesty, is not a Christian. He was in the corner weeping because he did the surgery. He looked at me. And he said, it's just like the stories in the Bible. Wow. That's what he said. So be praying for this because there's a book coming out March 5th, the name of the book is Everyday a Miracle. I'm gonna be on Good Morning America, many shows in America. In America, a lot of people aren't Christians, uh, but this book will gain traction. So be praying, and because here's why I want you to pray. The world, your neighbors, your friends are not interested in a savior, but everyone needs healing. And if you remember when you open your Bibles, Before Jesus was ever known as Savior, He was healer. And I believe that God is going to do a great awakening to heal people so that they can be saved. And one of the things I talk about in the book, and and mostly pastors know this, but the word in the Bible, to heal and to save, is the same word. Sozo. So in your Bible, sometimes it's translated, He healed. Sometimes it's translated, He saved. Because he came to do both. Amen. 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 Love you, love you, love you. So I can promise you, today's message will not be nearly as good. Amen. Right? Hopefully, I can wake you from your slumber. What's this for? Oh no, no, no! You, you, you guys do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do better. Last service, I forgot to tell him when to adjust the uh, the PowerPoint. I want to talk to you today about something that we all deal with in life. Conflict. How many of you guys have ever had a fight with a friend, family member, parents with your child? Raise your hands. Some of you are this morning, Pastor, this morning. We need a healing this morning. Maybe an exorcism. Amen if you have a toddler. But our world is not good at conflict, are we? Think about what's happening right now in Israel. Some of you don't know this, but the name Jerusalem means city of peace. It's the most unpeaceful place I've ever been. Do you know why? It's missing its king. Mm. The Bible says he will be called the prince of what? Peace. Peace. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. Man, we need peace. We think about Ukraine, Russia. We think about the troubles in Ireland. We think about in America... Americans think each other are the enemy mm-hmm. Left and right You know I mean it's everywhere It's family members It's friends It's married couples It's roommates It's people at your job Anybody work with a difficult person at work? <laughs> yeah If your hand's not up You might be the person <laughs> yeah. You're like everyone's great And everybody's in the worst for you right now But I want to talk to you today About how Jesus helps me With relational conflict there's no greater person in the history of the world that's better at healing conflict than Jesus. This is how good Jesus is at conflict. The Bible says that if you do not know God through Jesus right now, you are his enemy. But Jesus, with a word of prayer, can heal that conflict. Amen. Right now, if you're a Christian, do you know what Jesus is doing? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding you isn't that amazing he's still healing your conflict he's healing your conflict so jesus is radical he's different from any other teacher in the history of the world and here's the amazing thing about jesus jesus encourages me to see my part in the conflict when i used to do marriage counseling at our church sandals is a rather large church so they don't let me do it anymore uh you know they let actual professionals do the counseling um But it would be always amazing someone would come in if they're married and be like, here's all the things that my spouse has done wrong. Can you you write all the things that you're frustrated with? Yes, Pastor, I brought a list of all the things that I want my my husband to change. And I say, okay, well, can you think of anything you might need to change? Oh, I'd have to pray about that. (laughs) I'd have to pray about that. You see, Jesus helps me see what I might have done. He says this, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Man, can't we see the flaws? Amen, parents, you can see what's wrong with someone else's kid. Oh, that kid has problems. <laughs> you go out to a dinner with another of the married couple. I don't know they're going to make it. <laughs> but you can't see the log that's in your own eye. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck that is in your eye when you yourself don't see the log in your eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. Men, as Christians, we want to help the world. Can you imagine if you went to the doctors today, you went to hospital. And your doctor said, I'm going to have to perform a procedure, but I forgot my glasses. No worries, though. I've done this a thousand times. Who's going to another doctor, amen? You want them to see clearly. And sometimes as Christians, we're so blinded by this, we can't see how to help. We see what everyone else is doing wrong. So how does Jesus help me see my part? We have this word in America, it's called triggered. Do you have that word here? Yes. So it's a very, very, very controversial word. I'm triggered. You've triggered me. I feel so triggered. Some some of you right now, maybe I triggered you with the word trigger. Amen. So here's the thing. Okay, you're upset. Here's what Jesus would say. Why are you so upset? You see, some of you, you're not mad at your roommate. What your roommate has done, your mate has done, your friend has done, is they've reminded you of a wound from your mother. You see, some of you are adults in age, but you're hurt children in maturity. We react to the wounds that we've not yet invited Jesus to heal. Why am I so triggered? When my wife and I, you know, when we fight, we don't fight, we're pastors. We have spiritual discussions in our house, right? Spiritual discussions. But oftentimes, when I'm fighting with Tammy, my wife, my beautiful wife, I'm not fighting with her, I'm fighting with my past. Moments I didn't feel heard. Moments I didn't feel appreciated. Moments I felt picked on. You see, listen to me, married couples. Your marriage house is a crowded house. And it has those words. My first book that I published, uh, it's a book on the Enneagram, and it's a a book called You. It's a great book if you're struggling uh, understanding someone. But my editor, her mother told her, she said, I want to be a writer. And her mother said, who do you think you are? You know what I wrote in my book? Lori, this is a testimony to who you are. You see, we all need those words of healing spoken over us. Because some of you still have your mother, your father, a grandparent, a teacher. You'll never be smart. You'll never learn. You'll never grow. I want you to hear the words of Jesus today. Oh, yes, you can. Come on. Did you know that every single one of his disciples that he picked were rejects? (laughs) They were the leftovers that every other rabbi said, I don't think you have potential. Some of you, you need to ask this question, have I sinned in the relationship? You're like, no, pastor, I have Jesus in my heart. I almost sinned once, but it was years ago. Sometimes, when my wife and I are fighting, it's not about what I say, it's about how I say it. Anybody know what the word tone means? Yes. Yeah. I don't like your tone. <laughs> you ever met a Christian? I love Jesus with all my heart. Well, tell your face. <laughs> your soul may be saved, but your face ain't saved. That's why I love the, Just, just the, the hooray, the happiness part. Sometimes in church, we forget that. Some of the most depressing places in Europe are churches. They have to love God. Well, okay, I don't think he knows it. How about this? Anybody ever misunderstand? Oh my gosh. Every time I' speak to you, Irish, I misunderstand everything. I know the word you're saying but I don't know what you mean. And so then I ask you, can you say that again? And you say it exactly again, and I still don't know what it means. I know what you're saying. I'm like, what? So confusing. You know, and it's, it's, not, it's not your fault. You've been speaking English longer than me. You know? Did I misunderstand something? Did, 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 I, did I not Listen. You see, Jesus encourages me to stop, pause, and say, okay, what's my part in this? And here's the thing. You can't change anyone, but you can change yourself. You can change yourself. The greatest miracle on earth is change. How many of you have ever heard of the English word repent? Yes. In the Greek, it's metaneo. And do you know what it means? Change of mind. Dude, she's cheating. cheating. (laughs) It's a change of mind that results in a change of direction that results in a changed life. It's a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with the world the way we think? Mm -hmm. Next, number two. Jesus challenges me. Listen to this. This is crazy. This is Jesus. He challenges me to talk to the person directly. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 15, if another believer sins against you, send a nasty text message. (laughs) Oh wait, I didn't read that right. If another believer sins against you, send an email with all caps. (laughs) Okay. How about this one? If another believer sins against you, make a social media post that's confusing and passive aggressive. (laughs) Anybody ever had a friend that posts something and you're like, Who are you mad at? Is it me? Is it someone else? I don't understand. No, no, no. If another believer sins against you, go privately. Like, what do the young people do today? I'm just going to share my thoughts with all my friends right now. Some thoughts aren't ready to be shared, young people. Yeah. Pause on that. Don't put that live. I tell my kids, you know that's going to be there forever. (laughs) Forever. See the advantage of when we were young, the dumb things we did, they're just rumors. There's no evidence. All the young people today, you're going to be a grandma one day that can be, Grandma, is that you?
1: Is that you?
0: Yes, it was you. So Jesus challenges me to talk with the person directly. Why is it so hard to tell somebody that you've offended me, that you've hurt me, that you embarrassed me? You see, it's easier to talk about someone than it is to someone. That's what's wrong with social media. That's what's wrong with Twitter. We're so bold. We're all warriors in Jesus' name when we're on our computer. I mean, I've confronted people in love in the grocery store, and they've written something. Matt Brown is a total idiot! And I say, hey, I saw your post. You're like, oh, that's not what I meant. I was like, well, what do you mean by total and absolute idiot? Isn't it amazing how bold we are when we're not really there? I always love, man, any sports fans in the room? Yeah, yelling at the TV. You're a bunch of bums! Every single guy in the field is a greater athlete than you will ever be in your life. Their worst sports day is better than your best day. Isn't it amazing, men? We're just sitting there with your Guinness. What's this guy's problem? He's not on a lounger. He's being chased by animals that would rip your arms off. Jesus challenges me to talk to the person directly. If another believer sins against you, go to that person and privately point out the offense. If the person listens. Wow. And confesses it. You won. Yes. Yes. If you're married today and you don't talk about your issues. This is in America. This is why Americans get divorced. Oh, we grew apart. No, you just weren't honest. You just weren't honest. Most relationships end not because of a stab wound, but a thousand paper cuts. And then you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. Go to the person. And some of you say, well, that's not how I was raised. Well, let Jesus re-raise you. Let Jesus teach you. Well, that's not my culture. Well, learn the kingdom culture. Amen? Amen. 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 You know, in, in church you'll have conflict. You know what makes church so hard?
1: People. <laughs>
0: Has anybody ever met a person? Yeah. Anybody ever met a difficult person? Yeah. If you haven't, it's you. Right? It's you, right? In marriage. Last last, uh, last service, there was a couple they had been married a year. I was like, cheaters, you don't even know what's coming yet.
1: <laughs> Call me in a decade.
0: You know? And the wife said, it's always the man's fault. He, one year, he's like, yeah. <laughs> right 10 years been, be like, what are you talking about but we have marriage conflicts that's why so many young people today don't want to get married because they saw their parents marriage friendship anybody ever lost a friend yeah. oh it's so hard so hard you know Jesus lost friends Peter said, I will never deny you, I'll die for you. And then a teenage girl said, you friends with him? Nope, never seen him. Never seen that guy in my life. How about family conflict? In-laws, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, brothers, sisters. Men, the older you get, the more challenging family is. We need this. We need this. And let me say this, if you're a parent today, would you raise your hands if you're a parent? Your number one job is to teach your kids how to manage conflict. You know why they're always fighting? Stop touching me, stop touching me! No one touch anyone! Or I will touch you in the name of Jesus. Right? And all the people without kids are like, that's, I'll never be like that. (laughs) Oh, you wait. Wait. Oh my gosh. I mean, there are kids, you know, in the kids room right now and they've been told when we get home, they're like, Lord, let the pastor go long. (laughs) But you got to teach your kids how to manage conflict. You know why they fight all the time? They're learning. They're learning. They're learning how to do this. Listen to this verse. Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I want to encourage you, as you read through your New Testament, just underline the amount of times Paul calls for unity. Why is that? Because it's hard. Don't you wish there was a verse in the Bible that said, eat lots of ice cream? (laughs) Right? There's no verses to tell you what you want to do. There's verses that tell you what you should do. So if I just released you today, I was like, go out and confront people like Jesus said. The church would be half the size next week. (laughs) Tom would never have me back. (laughs) So I'm not going to send you out without trying to help you. I wish that my wife and I would have had this 25 years ago when we got married. We needed this because there's going to be conflict. There's going to be disagreements. And the more you love the person, the more conflict there'll be. Mm -hmm. And here's what I've learned. The more I care about the person, the worse I am at managing conflict. You notice that? Because when it matters, it's hard. When you get your heart involved, when, when, when you just love somebody, it hurts so bad because you're afraid. You're afraid of losing them. So how to deal with conflict? Number one, wait until you're not angry. Wait. You know what most of us do? We wait until we're all angry. We wait until we lose it to tell somebody what we think. Right? That's not a good time. Tammy and I were uh, down at Temple Bar in Dublin the other night and, and, and the reason why was not to drink. We can't sleep. We've been here five nights. We can't sleep. We got jet lag, so if you're up at 3 in the morning, this morning, just know, we're up. Pray for us. Like, we're just staring at each other in the hotel room. And so we were out at Temple Bar walking around, this little tiny Irish guy, and he's just drunk out of his mind, and so he finds the largest guy on the street and goes up to him and he says, you want a piece of me? And I'm thinking, no, I don't think you do. I mean, his head came up to the guy's belly button. I was like, brother, this is not the time. Listen to this. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Look at this verse, 2 Timothy 2.24. A servant of the Lord, how many of you guys want to serve God? Amen. Must not quarrel with the Lord, but must be kind to everyone, unless they're a difficult person. (laughs) Oh wait, I read that wrong. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone and be patient with what kind of people? Difficult. Difficult people. Difficult people. Wouldn't that be awesome if people just walked around with big D's on their heads? (laughs) Difficult, (laughs) difficult, difficult, difficult. You're like, oh, I have to be a Christian now. Wait until I'm not angry. As a parent, I love my father. I don't want to be disrespectful to my father at all. I love him. I love him. You know, my family came from Irish immigrants that left here with nothing. And they came to a very racist America and were treated like trash. They struggled. And so there's a lineage of drunkenness and divorce and brokenness in my family. So my dad did a lot better than his father. But one thing my dad did that I said I would never do is when he disciplined me, he was angry. And he's such a sweet man now. Just from time to time randomly. My father will say I'm sorry for how I treated you when I was angry and now he's a sweet old man I said it's okay pops I love you but I made a commitment parents you need to discipline your kids what's wrong with the world today is a bunch of little kids running around without discipline God loves you he disciplines you Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: but he doesn't do it out of anger he does it out of love Amen. so what I tell my kids go to your room why father because I need to not be angry before we have our conversation. How long will I wait, father? It may be some time. And it's so awesome to watch your kids walk in fear. Oh no. Oh, oh. But it's so funny my wife is a much more peaceful person than me, and she loves our children way more than I do. Um, <laughs> you know, and so she's, she's, she's always the peacemaker. Now, Matt, oh, what time I remember I was getting ready to just really get into my son, and my wife says, don't do anything you'll regret, and I said, I will regret nothing. <laughs> Literally, she's like throwing herself in between us. Praise God for moms, amen? Praise God for moms. Most of you would not be alive without your mothers. But here's the thing, if you're a kid, if you just tick off both your mom and dad, like I remember one time with our son, he had done something, I can't remember what it was, I was losing my mind, my wife looks at me and she says, get him. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
0: like you know you've had a special day when your own mother is like, you may need to die. (laughs) Wait until I'm not angry. Next, approach them respectfully. We live in a world that doesn't respect anyone. Every single person you meet is made in the image of God, so talk to them like it. Man, never let your kids speak disrespectfully to you or to anyone. In America, kids yell... At Siri and Alexa. Watch a four year old yell at Alexa, You're so dumb! I'm like, Dumb? That's a supercomputer. It's listening from space and answering your question. The only one that's dumb is you! What are we gonna do when the computer's like, I'm not dumb and I'm tired of you? <laughs> and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's knocking on your door terminator hello (laughs) speak to them respectfully listen to me men my wife and I we've not had a perfect marriage but listen I love her she's my wife I respect her when my kids are disrespectful to her I say hey do you hear me speak to your mother that way then what makes it what makes you think you can in my church, when children are disrespectful to their parents, I just step in. Hey, not in my church. We don't speak that way to our parents in this church. Amen. We don't do that. Now, you can disagree. You can have an opinion. But we don't speak that way. We don't speak that way. I must approach them respectfully. 1 Timothy 5.1 Never Speak harshly. Pray about it. What's the word never mean? <laughs> never. Never speak harshly. You know what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy? Specifically to older men. Older people, I love you. You can be a little frustrating. <laughs> you know? My grandmother, before she died, she said, I just say whatever I think. I said, I know. <laughs> No, I said, we maybe need to not do that. But speak to them lovingly, kindly. Next, this is awesome. You don't even have to tithe on this one. This is free for you, okay? Narrow the topic. This is what we do, right? When we fight, what we do is we will now unveil all of the grievances since my childhood. <laughs> Like married couples, you ever been in a fight about underwear on the floor? My mother said I never should have married. He's like, what does that your mother have to do with the underwear on the floor? Here's two words, these are cuss words in conflict. Ready for them? Never and always. You always do that. You never listen. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew 18:15. Listen to this. Go privately and point out the most powerful word in this sentence is the, the offense. When you said this, it made me feel this way. When you do this, when you rolled your eye, it makes me feel like I don't matter. And here's the thing, parents, when you're raising your kids, don't talk about how they always get it wrong. Just say, hey, I asked you to take out the trash. This is what my son did. I don't know how you guys take out the trash in America, or excuse me, in Ireland, but in America, we have to take it all the way out to the street. My son, I don't know what happened. He got halfway. (laughs) He got distracted. And so I come out our driveway, and the trash is halfway. And here's what my son, in his defense, said. He said, I almost got it to the street. (laughs) Well, thank you, son, for almost taking the trash to the street. I said, here's what I need you to do. I didn't say, you never do what I say. You always screw things up. Do you know how that messes with a kid's head? Son, as a young man who will one day lead his own house, when someone asks you to do something, you need to do it well. Take it all the way to the street. Do you hear what I just? I respected him as a future man. Mm-hmm. The other day he told us, as a man, his mother and I were like, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of our daughters said, I pay for almost everything. I was like, great, make a list. I want to see what you almost pay for. And then your mother and I will make a list. Ours will look like a book. Yours could be on a piece of toilet paper. He's scribble. So just narrow the topic and say this, can we take about this? Can we talk about this? And so here's the thing, if you're mad about something that happens today and you're too angry today, say, hey, can can we talk on Tuesday about today? I want us to give some space and time to talk about this. Can we talk about your mother-in-law before we visit? What are the ground rules for the insanity that we will face? You know? so in our family when we go to like weddings and stuff they always seat me at the table with the worst sinners <laughs> it's like put him with all the idiots Pastor Matt will make a difference is like oh my gosh you know? narrow my topic next listen intently how many of you have ever felt like someone's not listening to you right wow Did you see, raise your hands again. Look, how many of you, look around. We all feel this way. Here's the beautiful thing about your prayers to God. He always listens. The greatest miracle of prayer, the greatest miracle of prayer, by the way, in my book that I want you to pray for, for me that's coming out, there's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Every prayer is answered yes, no, or wait. Every prayer is answered The greatest miracle of all is that he hears us. One thing I learned about COVID in every country across the world, regardless of race, religion, or location, is that the citizens felt unheard by their leaders. Isn't it amazing that we have a leader who's just so great? He listens every time you pray. Every time you pray. Last night when I wasn't sleeping, I was praying, Lord, knock me out. <laughs> At one point in time, there was an airplane flying over a hotel. I was just like, just let it crash on us. <laughs> just, I'm kidding. Narrow my topic. Listen intently. I-, I love James. I love the book of James. How many of you have ever read the book of James? It's only five chapters. It's great. You should read it. Because I just, James is the first guy I want to meet in heaven. And you should too. So when we all get to heaven together, let's just form a line. You can be behind me. Everybody's going to want to see Jesus. I want to see James. Here's why. Jesus was his older brother. Can you imagine how terrible that was? James, why can't you make your bed like Jesus? James, Jesus came home on time. (laughs) James has a question. Mary, Mom, why don't you ask Jesus? Do you know that James didn't believe until after the resurrection? He's like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get it. I get it. You're the son of God. Okay. I just thought you were Mom's favorite. But I'm going to go up to James, and I'm just going to just bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. any of you, you got like a super smart smart sibling, you know my son went to MIT and you're like trying to use crayons (laughs) that's my gift listen intently here's what James says, understand this dear brothers and sisters you must be quick to what listen slow to speak slow to get angry James has so much wisdom. James has so much wisdom. Next, give them the same grace I need. Wait. How many of you have ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? Yep. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, come thy will, will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, stop. I'm going to give you this next translation because it's different. many forms. And forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Next line. What is it? Lead us not into temptation. I want you to ask yourself, why right after he said, forgive us of our sins and forgive those who have sinned against us, why right after that does he say, and lead us not into temptation? I think the greatest temptation of the Christian is to not give grace to others that we've received from God. If you go to the book of Corinthians, there's a person who sins so greatly in the church. The apostle Paul says that you got to kick him out. And then in the second book of Corinthians, he says you got to let him back. And here's what he says. Whoever you have forgiven, I have forgiven. And you must forgive him also. Listen to these words, lest we be unaware of the scheme of the devil. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us. Some translations say from evil. Others say the evil what? One. What does the devil want to do? Keep you from extending the grace that you've received from God. Give them grace. Luke 11, 4. This is the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Give them your the grace. Just say, Lord, forgive. Next, man, if you get in an argument, you get in a discussion, and you work it out, celebrate it! Celebrate it. You ever go to dinner and they're like, what are you celebrating tonight? You're like, we got a huge fight, but we worked it out. Woo! We used to be friends. We hated each other, but now we're friends again. Yes! yes. Right? Yep. Oh my gosh, we got to celebrate the wins. Tammy and I, some of our best friends, we planted the church 27 years ago. We, we, we got into a conflict, and for 10 years we didn't talk, we didn't speak. They went to another church. Can you believe the audacity? <laughs> For 10 years, we had this broken relationship. And they sent us a card in the mail during COVID. And I had the card in my hand. And I told my wife, she's sitting right here. I didn't open it. I said, all they have to say is I'm sorry. That's it. I'm sorry. And I opened the card. And it said, we're sorry. They're some of our best friends again. We love them. We love them. Yeah, we lost 10 years. But we're back together.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Celebrate the win. Some of you guys need to have a trophy case in your house of all the awards for the fights you worked out. Some of you, there won't be any awards yet, but one day, one day we'll work out a fight. We're believing in Jesus' name. Celebrate the win. Matt, Jesus says this, Matthew 18, 15. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <coughs> the other morning, Tammy and I were, again, we don't fight because I'm a pastor. I have Jesus in my heart, Holy Spirit in my life. We never fight, we have spiritual discussions. <laughs> and we had one in the morning and it wasn't going well. Anybody ever got in an argument in the morning like, oh, this day is not, is not going well. And it was so bad. Any men in here where you try to fix it but you make it worse? You just dig in your own grave. You're like, yes, I'm a professional. And I was, dude, I was just shoveling. Yeah, everywhere deeper and deeper and deeper. And it got so bad. Here's what I said to her. I said, can we just have a redo? Because I've messed this up beyond fixing and she said, "Sure." Praise Jesus. That's a win. That's a win. Just act like we went to sleep again. Wake up. How okay, Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Thank God. Celebrate the win. Next, Jesus teaches me to get outside help if the conflict is unresolved. See, here's the thing. Sometimes, if if you're married, if you could have worked it out, you would have worked it out. Don't be afraid. This is what I tell Americans all the time. Americans would rather be divorced than embarrassed. You know why you don't go to counseling? You're embarrassed. You're embarrassed. I have this crazy need. Tammy and I, we go to counseling. I want the counselor to like me. So I lie. How's everything? Great. And then he asks Tammy, she's like, that's great,
1: that's great.
0: But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This is from Genesis to Revelation. You need other people to listen to what is being said, to weigh it. So here's a couple things you can do. You have an amazing pastor. You don't know this, but when you were greeting the people as they came forward for the Lord's Supper, I was filming you, I was tears in my eyes. You guys have one of the most amazing pastors I've ever seen. Can we just give you a man? I, I was trying to film you, but it was like, I didn't want to be like with a spotlight, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so but you, you guys, you don't realize what you have here. It's a very, very special thing. I'm actually going to show the video to my pastors. I have 14 pastors who work for me. And I'm going to say, this is what loving people and leading people looks like. You, you have pastors here. You have mature Christians here. You have people who've been married. You know? When I see young people in our church who just got married, they've been married like two weeks, I'm like, when's your book on marriage coming out? And it's a joke. Why? Because they know nothing. Nothing. Next. Jesus allows me to talk to a pastor, to talk to a trusted friend. Guys, listen to me. The Bible says it's not good for you to be alone. Guys, isolate. Proverbs says, he who isolates seeks his own demise. Men, you're dangerous alone. Ladies. Any ladies in the house? Yeah. You are dangerous together. Yes. God has spoken. Oh my gosh Listen to me If you have a girlfriend That doesn't like your husband Don't talk to her About your problems Because you know What she wants She wants you to be Miserable and single Like her I told you not to marry that guy He doesn't respect you You know what we can do We can go out Hang out with other Miserable ladies And we can talk about men There's one lady in my church She said this She said I hate all men I said I'm a man She says No you're not (laughs) she said you're a pastor (laughs) so well Jesus was a man Whoa, ladies don't talk to a girlfriend that's not going to lead you to a Jesus resolution because here's the thing I've noticed listen to me singles some of you are lonely and you're praying for a friend and Jesus is wanting you to wait for that friend. You know what the devil does? He just brings he's a line. He has a line of morons. He's just like, here's one, here's two, here's three, here's four. And I, I believe this about single people. Oftentimes they would rather be miserable than alone. Never choose misery.
1: Amen.
0: Never. Amen. Never. Amen. So next, Jesus allows me to create relational boundaries. Let's say you go to them, you talk to them. You've pleaded with them. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He allows you to have boundaries. And if you've been a Christian for a long time, we're the worst at this. We're the worst. Jesus says, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. If they refuse to listen, even to the church, if you come in and you meet with Tom and they won't listen to him, and they won't listen to anybody, Listen to me, there's no hope for someone who won't listen to anyone. Listen to what Jesus says. Even if they refuse to listen to the church, everyone in here is like, they're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't say that, but you would say. They're not the kind. Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Here's the thing, some of you are in a relationship with a mother-in-law, a friend, an alcoholic, a drug addict an abuser, and you're saying, Jesus, why won't you keep this gorilla from beating me up? And Jesus says, get out of the cage. Amen. Yes. Get out of the cage. It is not loving to allow yourself to be abused.
1: Amen.
0: That's right. It's not loving. There was a, a young woman in my church. She came up and she was in tears. She said, Pastor, can I ask for prayer? I said, sure, what about... She started weeping. She said, I'm getting getting married on Saturday. I was like, well, you don't have to. I'm like, well, what's going on? She said, no, no, no. She said, I love my fiance. She said, the problem is my dad. I said, what's the problem? She said, he abused me growing up as a child. And my mother said, because I'm a Christian, I have to let him walk me down the aisle. I said, where's your mother? <laughs> where's your mother? You know what I told her? I'll walk you down the aisle. Man, we've we, we got tons of men in this church. Are there, are, walk yourself. Don't let that animal. Don't let that animal walk you down the aisle. The truth sets you free. Lies keep you a slave. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, Christians. That's broken Christianity. Amen. Next, here's why Jesus is so great. Jesus inspires me to keep praying for that person. Finish my sentence. Hurt people hurt hurt people. People. Whoever hurt you, wounded you, yelled at you, cussed you, abused you, was racist to you, you know. Look, racism, all all the sins in our world, it's insecurity and brokenness in that other person. It's nothing to do with you. So start praying for that person. You don't have to be in the cage. You can stand, like the zoo, just pray for all (laughs) the dangerous animals. (laughs) So pray for that person. Jesus said, and if you don't know Jesus today, you need Him. Listen to what Jesus said. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Man. We see a lot of that, don't we? Listen to what Jesus says. But I say, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. Persecute is a hard word. Pray for the person who abuses you, is racist to you, is sexist to you, is misogynistic to you. Pray for that person. And in that way, I love this, in that way, Jesus says, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. You want to win Ireland for Christ? Start acting like true children. Your Father in heaven.
1: Amen.
0: Here's what I believe it means to be a Christian think like Him, feel like Him, and act like Him. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So we're going to do that right now. Let's so all bow our heads, let's close our eyes. If there's somebody in your past, in your present, a family member, a friend, a boss, co worker, a neighbor, a brother or a sister that's hurt you, in your past, I just want you to raise your hand In the present. We're going to pray together. Raise your hand because we're going to pray for that person. Raise your hand up high so I can see it. We're going to pray for them right now. I'm not saying what they did is okay. I'm not saying it's right. What I'm saying is they're broken and they're a sinner. And we want them to meet Jesus so he can heal their hearts so they'll stop hurting people. Amen. Amen. So you know their name. <clears throat> and I want you to pray for their name right now quietly. And I'm going to pray for all of us right now. Heavenly Father, help us to act like true children of heaven. God, we pray for this person. We don't know their story. We don't know their background. We don't know what was done to them. We only know what they did to us. And so, Lord Jesus, in the way that you've loved me, the way you've loved us, the way that you have prayed for us, Lord, we pray for them. We pray that they would know your love, that they would be changed. By your spirit. And Lord, you would change them so they don't hurt anybody anymore. And that you would heal their heart. And change their life. And become, Lord, if it's your will, a child of God. Now there's the hard part, church. And Holy Spirit, help me to mean what I just prayed. Amen. Amen. That's real. Amen. 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 I love you, church. God bless.